Hello and welcome back to Put Me In Coach, a podcast where we talk about what it means to be the ideal team player and a couple of strong women who we think have shown what it means to be hungry, humble, and smart, or HHS, you'll hear us call it that all the time. I'm Cassidy. And I'm Leah. And we're going to start the second episode of this podcast. So, today we have Leah talking to us about her picks. So, Coach Leah... Mm-hmm. Who are you putting on the field first? Tell me. So the first person that I am putting on the field is Reese Witherspoon. Mm. So let's talk about Laura Jean Reese Witherspoon. Interesting. Okay. She started her career as a young seven-year-old, but now she is one of the most well-known modern actresses. You may have seen her in Legally Blonde, which many people have said, many women have said, they went to law school because they saw Reese Witherspoon in Legal Blonde. That's Legally Blonde. Sweet Home Alabama. A favorite for a girl who loves some country. Mm-hmm. Four Christmases, which I actually have never seen. Um, Big Little Lies and Little Fires Everywhere, which everyone should have to watch. Incredible, incredible. But the bigger thing is that she founded Hello Sunshine. And so Hello Sunshine is a media company that puts women at the center of every story they create. And they celebrate and discover women. The whole purpose of this Hello Sunshine, which is so cool, is that they're literally trying to tell stories of women. Because Mm. Reese Witherspoon came from an industry where it was all about men. Mm. And so she decided, like, hey, it's time to get women on the field. And we're going to put women (laughs) on the field. I love that. So she has produced shows like Wild. She produced Little Fires Everywhere. She produced Gone Girl. She produced Hot Pursuit, The Morning Show, Big Little Lies, Lucy in the Sky. And all these have women as lead characters, and their that. stories are being told. I love that. Some of those are just iconic and yeah. great productions. Yeah, and so she she literally has totally changed her career in the way that she has gone from being like this like little star in some commercials to this big actress, and now she's like, no, we're gonna get everyone involved. Mm. So, all that to say, let's talk about how she is a hungry woman. Mm. When she started Hello Sunshine. She started it because she was so tired of being in male-driven settings where literally men would be like, here, play this, like, cheesy girlfriend role. Mm. And she's kind enough that she doesn't, like, call these movies out. But there were movies she... And she'll even say, like, big-time, like, movies that she rejected because the role they were trying to cast her for were roles that were like, play the dumb girlfriend, play the dumb girl. And so she said, you know what? I am tired of women not being celebrated, so I'm going to do something different. Yeah. I'm no longer going to stay in this ind- industry where just men are being like, we're up here, women are over here. She said, I'm going to do something for women. So she didn't let anyone stop her, and she just went for it. So she created Hello Sunshine, and within Hello Sunshine, she has her book club. Mm-hmm. She's producing movies, and she's not just trying to do movies, but she's trying to do media. So podcasts, TV shows, all these things, and she has let it be motivated by her own experiences and continuing to just wanting to be and wanting to ensure that women are in the workplace. I love that. And the thing is that she's not like hungry in the sense of she's just like really like bossy, mean, mm-hmm. aggressive person. Like she is so bubbly and so approachable. Happy, yes. So open, so kind. And she's also a mother. Like yes. Three kids. She, and she, she's moved multiple times, I think mm-hmm, in her, mm-hmm. her career too. So yeah, she's definitely overcome a lot of obstacles to be, like, putting women mm-hmm. on the map. And I think mm-hmm. that's really impressive. And like you said, like, she's hungry for that change mm-hmm. and to establish the difference in that industry. And mm-hmm. 
man. I just love that. Yeah, and she's hungry for other people, which leads us to her ability to be humble. So Mm -hmm. the whole purpose, and I've said this, of Hello Sunshine was that all women would be celebrated. That is what she wanted. So she her book club, and she started the book club at the start of 2020, is literally all books that have women as the main characters. Those are the only books that she, like, endorses in her book club. And when she was... People were talking about this new Hello Sunshine, um, like, company that she created. And they said, oh, well, Reese Witherspoon basically just created a platform where, like, she could be the main star. She could be the producer. She could be the director. And she said, no, no, no. Like, in my head, like, there are women who are directors. She's like, but to me, a woman and a director is a general. Someone who is leading the show. And she's like, that's not who I am. She said, I'm the chief dreamer. She said, what I'm trying to do is dream big so that other people can walk alongside me she's like I don't need the attention you don't see dreams you're in the background and she said I want to be the chief dreamer so I want to stay behind the scenes in the storytelling but I want to make sure that other people are having their stories being showed which is literally what Lincioni says about someone who is humble like they want other people to see growth and to see them succeed and to be recognized and so I'm like Reese Witherspoon woman come on now Come on now. Right, and I think Lencioni also talks about how they don't have an excessive ego Mm -hmm. or a need for a specific Mm -hmm. status. Mm -hmm. Clearly, like you said, she's hungry for other people on behalf of other people, Mm -hmm. but they think that also makes her very humble. Mm -hmm. The fact Mm -hmm. that she's not saying, hey, let me step into the spotlight. Yeah. Everything she does, every decision she makes is about highlighting other people and the work that they do. That's, like, the ultimate example of someone who's humble. Yeah. And I think another really interesting thing is when you look up Reese Witherspoon, like, you kind of have to dig, which is kind of interesting, for this Hello Sunshine. So even though she's created this, like, production company and this, like, storytelling company, like, it's not, like, the thing that when you, like, scroll on her Instagram, it's not, like, Hello Sunshine. Like, it's not even – she's a totally different page for it. It's not something that she just, like, continues to, like, endorse, which is super, super, super cool. Yeah. So then in addition to that – the last letter of HHS, SMART, is that she's just so aware of the environment she's in. And I kind of talked about this. Like, she knows that it's a male-driven environment. And so what she has done is she has started bringing younger women, female actresses, into her bubble and being like, okay, I'm aware. Like, I've been in these settings before, and I want to make sure that you are not experiencing some of the things that I've experienced. So she literally is like reading the environment, reading the situation, and sitting down with females and saying, okay, we're going to get you the correct deal. We're going to get you paid for what you deserve to be paid. Like, we're not going to just let you be walked all over. Like, she is reading the setting and being like, okay, this is your role in the show. You should be making this money. And if you're not making that amount of money, like, someone's taking advantage of you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, come on. Like, she is so aware of that. But she also isn't doing it in a way that's like, I'm a woman, like, come meet me, like, I should be above you. She's doing it in a way that's, like, I just want people, I just want women to understand, like, that they are valued here and that they are welcome here. And she knows because she's been there. She's literally has been in this industry for 30 years. And so the fact that she is able to, like, evaluate that and keep moving forward for other people is so incredible to me. Right, and Lencioni says, like, they have to, someone who's smart, an ideal Mm -hmm. team player, has to have good judgment and intuition around the subtleties of group dynamics and the impact of their words and actions. Mm -hmm. And that's similar to what we talked about in the last episode with the Fab Five, like, Mm -hmm. or the Final Five. They know people are watching them. Mm -hmm. Reese knows people are watching her, Mm -hmm. looking up to her. Mm -hmm. And she's understanding, like, she has that intuition. Mm -hmm. She has that awareness about her, awareness Mm -hmm. of other people perceiving her, and of how she's acting and how she feels emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's really respectable, the Mm -hmm. fact that she can understand herself, the Mm -hmm. climate, and also 
like reading a meeting and reading the room mm-hmm. and saying like no actually you're not getting the best deal yeah. here or you're not being treated fairly mm-hmm. like that's a huge element mm-hmm. of being a smart person and an ideal mm-hmm. team player and like even in like some of the stuff that she's like choosing to produce so like when you think about little fires everywhere so little fires everywhere was a book that she actually read in her book club and she decided to produce it because she believed that what was being talked about in the little fires everywhere was a story that every person needed to hear mm-hmm. and that is why she decided to and if you haven't seen little fires everywhere little fires everywhere is about this like extremely racist white woman mm-hmm. who doesn't realize she's extremely racist towards this black woman and shout out to carrie o- carrie washington another ideal team player we didn't have enough time for her <laughs> carrie washington i love you if you're ever listening to this but <laughs> But she, it's that same thing of, like, knowing the environment, knowing that we're in a setting right now where people need to talk about race and people need to talk and, like, be welcomed into the conversation. So instead of just, like, going on a rampage about race, like, she created an incredible show and Little Fires Everywhere, I think it's, like, eight episodes on Hulu. And it was so incredible. And so she really is doing her part to, like, be emotionally aware of, like, what needs to be said in what setting. So And inviting people into that conversation in a way that's accessible. Yeah. For sure. Reese Witherspoon, an ideal team player. I would have her on my team. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. Oh, I would too. That was a good choice, Coach. I thank you. It. Thank you. Thank you. So how about your historical reference? Now, let me say, <laughs> we did not know who this person was, and uh, Leah found her, and needless to say, which I'm sure you'll experience from her exuberance in this <laughs> segment, she has formed an obsession with this historical figure that I will say, it's a pity that we've never learned It about is a pity. We are getting, we are not, we are at a disservice. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. A disservice that we have not heard about this ideal team player before. So who is this? Who is she? Esther Peterson. Okay. Let me tell you a little bit about Esther tell Peterson. Me. Let me tell you a little bit about myself first. I love politics. Anything to do with politics, government, I'm there for it. So when I looked up Esther Peterson, I was like, shoot, dang. So daughter of immigrants living the American dream, born in 1906, died in 1997 at 91 years old. But let's just talk about some of the things, give you a little bit of background about her. So she is literally the reason why workers have rights, why there is a good minimum wage, why women have rights, why there was a um, National Women's Committee on Civil Rights to ensure that African American women were heard during the civil rights movement. And she didn't just stop there. She redesigned the women's movement. She literally made it so that companies had to have sell-by labels and sell-before labels on food products. So she wasn't just the voice for working people. She wasn't just the voice for women. She was the voice for consumers as well. So I'm sure thankful for those labels. Oh, so am I. She literally, literally was on a federation for teachers. She was on a clothing working union a clothing workers union, a national labor relationship board. She served under JFK. She did so much. On top of that, she literally wasn't just in the United States. She also was in Sweden at one point when her husband was called to work over there. And so she, in Europe, was also, like, advocating for women's rights. So she was just all over the place. And literally, we have equal pay for equal work because of her. She was a part of the Equal Pay Act of 1963. So I just have to interject and say that for those of you who can't see the show notes, Leah says, equal pay for equal work in the law because of her in all caps with four exclamation marks. Like, we literally have equal pay because of this woman. That's crazy. I don't think you guys understand. Like, that in itself, I could just mic drop and uh, you figure out the HHS and that. Like, (laughs) you figure it out. Oh, my. But anywho. So, let's first talk about how she was hungry. 
Now, Esther Peterson would not uh, would not have been coined necessarily as a feminist, but okay. she was someone who said, like, I am here because I know I'm capable. So she was a lobbyist, right? And so the first day she enters the floor as a lobbyist, all the men stand up for her. And she literally looks, and mind you, this is in, like, the 1960s when, like, women were still, like, not always, like, seen as, like, equals. Mm. And she literally looked at all these men in D.C., in Washington, D.C., and said, please don't stand up for me. I don't intend to stand up for you. That is quotes. That is a direct quote. And I don't say that as a way of, like, being like, oh, woman up, but as a way of, like, she knew what she was doing. She wasn't there to get credit because she was a woman. She wasn't there to Mm. get special privilege because she was a woman. She was there because she knew what she was, she was capable of. Mm. She knew that she was capable of being in the same playing field with these men. And because of that reason, she kept working. And so she kept doing more too. And she was self-motivated. We see that from the fact that she literally worked from being, doing just specifically workers' rights, then moving to women's workers' rights, then moving, moving to specifically African-American workers' rights, then making it so that dish soap had to literally say like, Okay, why does it soften your hands? What are the chemicals? Mm. Then moving to nutrition labels. Like, if that doesn't show you that she just kept working and saying, like, I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. And I'm going to keep doing that. And it's not because I'm a woman. It's because I am capable. Like, I don't know what else does. Well, she's always looking for more. Like, number one definition of hungry. Always looking for more responsibility. More things to do. Self-motivated. Like, she definitely exemplifies all of those things. Clearly, based on all the things she accomplished in her life. And I just, when I, when I read through that, I think, and I think we're, obviously we're in this like place where we're in like a political tension, but I just think about how she was like so aware of what needed to be accomplished. Um, and one, a fun fact about her, and this just kind of goes to show that she was just like, I know what I can do was that she, at one point in her life, she was only earning $15 a week and she had four four kids and she was paying someone $20 a week to look after her kids. So she was literally in the negative, but she knew like, I can accomplish something. And because I know I can accomplish something, like I'm going to keep working and I'm going to keep doing my part to ensure that the minimum wage gets raised. And she had four kids at all this time. Yeah, had four kids. She was like the head of the Women's Bureau in the Department of Labor on the President's Commission on the Status of Women, which she was the first person to be that. So, Okay, so clearly she's hungry. Like We've definitely proven that, but like, how is she smart? Okay, so when it comes to her being smart... She was really aware of the fact that she couldn't just go into a setting and, like, say things because she didn't know what she was talking about. So she would really do her best to gain emotional intelligence. And so one way she did that was there was some girls in her class who all worked with, like, clothing. Um, they made house dresses. And they only were paid a dollar thirty-two per dozen of dresses that they made. And so they, these girls were one day all talking in class about how the company had just, like changed the way that they had to make dresses and it was a way harder process and she couldn't understand like what their complaints were about like because it was moving it was switching from like a square design to a heart design she was like how hard can that be and so instead of just being like okay like you guys need to figure it out she literally went worked or went to the factory to figure out like what these girls were talking about she stood on the line in the factory with the women and that is when she realized that wow like what these girls are saying is true like it's harder what would just happen for me for them is harder. And so this is how she literally started to realize that like 
people need a voice. And if we're not going to give them a voice, like, if they're not going to get a voice from the company, like, I have to do something yeah. because I'm in a position where I can. So she started bringing women together. She started bringing different um, nations together when she worked in Europe. And that is how she started to become more and more aware. She didn't just say, oh, like, people are saying this or, oh, like, this is what needs to happen. Like, she went into these settings mm-hmm. so that she could be aware of what she needed to advocate for. And that, how else do you build knowledge outside of that? Yeah. She clearly knew how to effectively deal with others, which is something Lencioni talks about. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with others in a way that is effective, that gets the job done, but that also includes people mm-hmm. and helps them to understand where you're coming from instead mm-hmm. of just saying, here's my idea, now run with it. Yeah. Like, clearly she knew how to communicate her ideas mm-hmm. to get people on board, which is a huge part of mm-hmm. being the ideal mm-hmm. team player mm-hmm. of HHS, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite part about her, though, I think it's her posture of humility. So when we talk about her being humble, this is a direct quote. When she was asked to give someone like a life, like a life motto, this is what she said. And this is a direct quote. I'm not one who feels that you have to be brave and be a star, but your life can be satisfying and happy if you work to make a difference. Maybe the difference will just be a little tiny piece and not a big difference. But the point is to make a difference by the way you live your life. And, I mean, that is just, like, littered with humility. She literally says, like, you don't have to be a star, but you can still be satisfied and happy even if you make the smallest difference. Mm. And so I think that is just a posture of, like, how can we rally alongside people knowing that maybe the difference I make, like, even if all she did was raise the minimum wage, that was a huge thing. Yeah. And she knew that she didn't have to be a star. And clearly she, she didn't feel like she had to be a star because we've never heard of her. Right. Like, she has done so much for women and for people and for the fact that literally every product you buy has a sell-by label on it. Every product you buy. And when it doesn't, you could probably see what makes some money off of yeah. it. And the fact that we didn't know who Esther Peterson was, like, that just speaks to her humility and I her agree. ability to be like, I don't need to be a star. That's a really good point about us not even knowing who she was before this like that definitely clearly says she's a very humble person because she didn't even make it sure that her name would be known yeah. in history even like, though she did all these things yeah like there are so many people today that were like okay we know who that person is because they make it known mm-hmm. and she didn't do that and so when i think about how much work she did and how much she fought for the betterment of our nation and for the betterment of the people who live here. And yet we didn't even know who she was. Like, that is an ideal team player. Yeah. And to be honest, and this is maybe a small tangent, like, those are the kind of people that we need in D.C. right now. The kind of people who say, like, it's not about me. It's not so that my name can be, like, glorified. It's so that the American people have a better life. Mm. That's and, a mic drop moment. Yeah, it is. I could get on that tangent all day. But... I feel like Esther Peter- Peterson might be our MVP of this yeah. podcast. Esther Pe- oh, just for the sole so fact legit. that we didn't even know who she was, and then she ended up being, like, checking off all these boxes and being like, hi, I'm the ideal team player, like, here's a great example, but you didn't even know who I was You didn't even know podcast. who I was. And we only found her because I literally Googled best women in history or something <laughs> like that. And that is how I found oh, her. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Well, I think Esther Peterson was great, and I also think Reese Witherspoon is great. Yeah. So, good picks. I wish Esther was still alive today. You would be, you would be... I'd be calling her. I'd be you sending would. her some emails. You'd be going out to dinner for sure. <laughs> All right, well, those were Leah's picks. Um, we're really excited about that, and clearly she has a lot of passion. So after this short break, we're going to come back, and Leah's going to talk about her strengths and her weaknesses, <laughs> and 
how she is the ideal team player or not. We'll mm. see. We'll see you after the break. Okay, guys, you're about to hear um, a little bit of my um, who I am as a team player. Um, it's kind of hard for me. Pride is something that I really struggle with, and so um, I'm really trying to work against it, pray against it. There's grace for everyone. I said that last time. I feel so. like you're being too harsh on yourself. You're a very humble person. I don't know about that, but anywho, so this whole time we've been talking about this Patrick Lincioni dude, and <laughs> <laughs> and the He's ideal. Right in the <laughs> <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the ideal team player um and so when we had to do the self-evaluation um I was like okay what am I going to end up with I'm going to be honest as honest as I can be which to be honest this is kind of a side tangent I think self-evaluations in themselves are a little just like skewed because mm. you either take it and you're like okay I want to be like this person so I'm going to answer this way yeah I or agree. you take it as like okay like like, I'm going to be really humble, and, like, I'm not... So, either way, they're a little skewed, but, anywho, that's that. kind of a tangent. I agree with that. So, HHS, remember, hunger, humble, smart. Mm. My top one was hunger, and then the bottom two tied with the score values at humble and smart. So, I'm, apparently, I'm a really hungry person, which, literally and figuratively, like, mm. I love me some good food, <laughs> but I also just am, like, I'm someone who, when I get my head set on something... It has to be accomplished. Like, and I struggle with that. Like, especially when I was younger. Like, that was, like, I did not consider people at all. Like, when my mind was set on something, I was like, we're going to do this. Either get on board or get off the cart. Like, Mm -hmm. choose your pick, but you only have two options. Mm -hmm. So, that, I would say, since being in college, that has really changed. But I did have a situation this year where I definitely let hunger motivate me. And I definitely did not consider a ton of humility or like smartness at all so um I am a part of this organization called PRSSA and PRSSA puts on this event called shot the loop and shot the loop is kind of like my little baby Leah came up with the idea let's just be honest here Leah (laughs) this was Leah's idea to begin with in her cases and campaign no Event, event planning, event planning. <laughs> yeah, so many PR classes. Anyways, it was a group project. It was but... a group project, but it was your brainchild. Yeah, and I think that's why you take such ownership over it. I do, and knowing that, like, I just love the event so much. Yeah, you do. You and do. I love to. So okay, let me tell you what the event is. If you're not a Taylor student, um, or a part of the Taylor bubble, um, so Shop the Loop is a marketplace for student products and services. So basically, it it stemmed from honestly, Cassidy and I went to. The Upland Indiana Farmer's Market. I don't even know if you know this, why this done this. Mm-hmm. But we went to the Upland Farmer's Market, and I was like, oh, this would be such a cool event on campus. Like, yeah. I knew people made, like, clay earrings and had photography and did all these things. So I was like, we should do this. So my event and venue planning class created the event. Fast forward to this year. This was our third time having it within the past year. Um, and so I'm the president of PRSSA, and it fell into my lap, and we had to do it. And sometimes, and I know this about myself, I hate, like, delegating. Like, when I have to delegate, like, I'm just like, okay, are people going to get it done? Like, it is kind of a pride thing. Like, I know I can do it. Like, whatever. Which I feel like does tie into that generally. Like, your posture of not wanting to delegate things makes you, A, you're hungry Mm -hmm. to do all the things. Like, you're not wanting to delegate it. But you're also not necessarily making the smartest decision, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I guess you'll, exp- you'll yeah, expand yeah. on this story. So this year for Shop the Loop, I literally had a whole committee, like nine people that I could rely on. Nine people. And instead of delegating, and when I did delegate, I didn't even give them like 
massive tasks. Like, I would be like, can you just contact this one person? Like, I just kind of, like, took so much on myself. Mm -hmm. And that was my own personal problem, and I shouldn't have done that. But I literally, by the time Shop the, the week of Shop the Loop came, I was literally bedridden with sickness. Yeah, Praise the Lord, it wasn't COVID. Right. But I literally skipped, like, three weeks of classes. And even that Friday, I was still, like, not feeling well. And I and, chalk it up to COVID. Or I chalk it up to COVID. <laughs> oh, thanks. Shop the Loop, I mean. Because with Shop the Loop, I was so hungry to have this, like, perfect event. Like, we were moving it outside. Um... It was the first big event on campus, like, in the midst of COVID. I, I knew students loved it, so I wanted to make it good. I wanted to make it as good as it had been before. And so I was just getting so hungry that I was, like, kind of getting a little prideful and being, like, I can do this by myself. I yeah. don't need anyone else. And also not being, like, smart. Like, mm. my actions and my words weren't aligning. Like, I wasn't following through on things because I was just so overwhelmed by it all. And I think, like, getting sick was kind of, like, to be honest, like, I think God was laughing upstairs, like, haha, like, you thought you could do this on your own? It was a reality check for sure. And the thing is, is that Shop the Loop wasn't the only thing that was taking up your time, right? Like, you were coaching a volleyball team, Mm -hmm. and you were in however many credits at school, Mm -hmm. you were working, what, two, three other jobs? So your your heart and your efforts were already put in so many different places that you tried to give every ounce of yourself to this Shop the Loop, Mm -hmm. which was a great effort but the reality of like you ignoring maybe Mm -hmm. the pride aspect Mm -hmm. or ignoring the fact that other people maybe are wanting to take on more responsibility and maybe they'll like push away if Mm -hmm. you don't give that responsibility to them ended up causing you to be bedridden sick Mm -hmm. and barely even able to participate and and i think that was like a reality check of like i mean like literally on like Wednesday and Thursday, I did not know if I was going to be able to make it to Friday's event. And me thinking, like, okay, who am I going to have to delegate this to? Like, I'm going to have to swallow my pride and, like, trust that someone else is, like, capable of stepping up to the plate and doing it. And every person I worked with was. Like, every single girl, because it was all girls, (laughs) every single girl in my, like, cabinet, like, was so capable of just being there, doing it, making it great. And they did help make it great. But I had just taken so much on myself that... One, that is not emotionally intelligent. Like, that is just not, like... But two, just, like, I was so... Yeah, I've said I was so prideful. And so, I think after that, I learned that, like, if I am gonna continue to be someone who wants to lead in settings, like, I... Sometimes as a leader, like, you have to be a team player. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be aware that you're still on a team. Like, even as a leader, like, you are on the team. And that means that I have to be hungry. But in being hungry, I also have to take a slice of humble pie every day. Cut that baddie out and, you know, (laughs) and eat a slice of it. But you also have to be smart. Like, I have to know what's happening in the group dynamic. And I have to know, like, okay, are my group members feeling valued? Are they feeling like they're being given the proper amount of work? And so... What do you think you're going to take away from learning about yourself in the context of the ideal team player? I think that... It's okay to be hungry. Like, I would never tell anyone you shouldn't be hungry. But I think in being hungry, there are moments where you have to stop and think, like, what is my goal? Like, what am I ultimately trying to do? And something I say often is, like, well, one, I always say there's grace for everyone. But, like, 
in like job interviews these days and as I think about what I want to do my my hope is that I'm serving the dreams of the people around me and and doing that like you have to be hungry like you have to be willing to say like there are things that have to be done Mm -hmm. but when you're serving dreams for other people and when you're trying to walk alongside other people you have to be smart you have to be aware of like who are people and what do they need but you also have to be humble and know that like I don't know everything. Mm. And there are going to be times where I fail miserably. Mm. But how in that failure can I still keep, like, moving forward and being a team player? Because at the end of the day, no one wants to not be a team player. Like, the worst thing would be, like, she doesn't work well on teams. Or, like, right. she's a dictator. or You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, so I think I'm really moving forward. I'm going to – I'll never stop being hungry. Like, I'm so ambitious. But I think I also am going to have to realize that, like, humility takes time to really grow and – you can become more humble by delegating and you can be more smart by delegating. So I'm sorry to all the shop the loop people who I worked with and who maybe you felt like you weren't given any responsibilities. You were all so helpful and so great. And when we do our next shop the loop, don't worry. I'll delegate more. <laughs> I think we both learned a lot from yes. reading yes, and taking the quiz and watching the TED talk and just learning more about what it means to be the ideal team player Mm -hmm. and also studying the women that we studied yeah looking them up learning what makes them tick and how we can follow their example Mm -hmm. to be the ideal team players or to work on Mm -hmm. successful well-functioning teams so I'm super thankful that we were able to to learn from this experience Mm -hmm. and I just hope we don't make the same mistakes again and and be overworked and <laughs> enter into really hard conversations and we're really well you're not prepared to everyone so, should be a better team player and yeah. remember i'm gonna stand by this there's grace for everyone so if you're in a setting where maybe someone was the worst and they weren't a team player remember that you've been there mm. you've been that person we've all been that person but there's hope for you mm. and you can be hhs get that tattooed on you hhs hungry H-H-S. humble smart i hit the low in case you were wondering <laughs> The woe. The woe. All right. Well, all that to say, thanks for listening. We're glad that you were part of this journey with us. And we hope that at the end of this, you know what it looks like to be more of the ideal team player. Bye.